Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Later on this hour, we're going to take you over to Jukebox Republic, hosted by Shirley Lin. But first off, we start with here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, today is Friday, October 16th. Or if you're joining us through the wonderful world of shortwave, it's Monday, October 19th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hi there. Up next, the hunt for the Taipei Zoo's missing anteater continues. Then a public service announcement about why using Google Translate to translate your restaurant's menu might not be a good idea. And a poll shows that 95% of Taiwanese people might like to be their own boss, but few might actually take the plunge. We'll be telling you why next. Please stick around. Hopefully by the time you're hearing this, if you're joining us on the radio a few days after recording time, uh, this story will have been resolved. But as it stands, the anteater, or an anteater, from the Taipei Zoo is missing. How do you even get out? How do you lose an anteater? Well, um, animals are very crafty about these things. Um, when they want to get out, you know, they find a way. So yeah. on Thursday, the Taipei Zoo said that a three-year-old collared anteater that had escaped from the tropical forest area last month, so this has been going on for a while now, has yet to be found. Um, this anteater has a name. It's Xiao Hong, which means little red. Little and red. despite being three years old, I guess anteaters uh, mature fast. It's already a mother. They're... Oh, and really? Yeah, 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 because uh, she oh. escaped with her baby. Um, this was on September 1st, so well over a month well, ago now. And we only knew about it now, or uh, rather the zoo. We've known about it, but they're still, <laughs> now they're appealing because the weather is getting colder, and, uh -huh. and the anteaters are from the tropics. So you mean it's We're been missing for a month? A month and a half now. Oh my goodness. And, uh, so that's, it's, she, yeah, uh, she came here from the Singapore Zoo in August 2018, has been a real favorite with visitors. I'm not sure if I've seen her or not. They're in the tropical enclosure. I've been there. Mm. Uh, I, I might have seen her. Anyway, uh, she escaped from her enclosure with her six-month-old baby. They have footage to prove it. Uh, she jumped over an electric fence, so huh? that's one thing, uh, surrounding the tropical rainforest area, and escaped through like a culvert, or like it sounds like a sort of a ditch. And this was at 2 a.m., according to the cameras. So oh this God. was in the middle it, of the it's night. It's like she had it all planned. <laughs> uh, yeah, and how she got... I don't know. I'm not very familiar with anteater anatomy, but somehow... How she got her baby, I don't know, like cats where they got a uh -huh. scruff or uh, who knows. Uh, it's still missing. Now, these are shy creatures and they basically have no natural defenses except to stretch out their arms to make them look bigger. And that doesn't really do anything. Uh, they say their natural predators include jaguars, which outside of the Taipei Zoo, you're not likely to find in Taiwan, I don't think. But civets mm -hmm. and wild dogs, uh, we do have those. So yes. uh, there could be... 
a bit of danger. Uh, if you're in Taiwan and see an anteater, that's probably it. We don't have yeah. them in the wild. Um, right. It's about 65 centimeters in length and has a cream-colored coat, apparently. So uh, they can't hurt people. Contact the zoo if you see them. Yeah, uh, but how, 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 what are you supposed to do? I mean, Contact you, the zoo. Um, but, but in the meantime, it could still keep on running away, you know? I know. Like, it it doesn't, won't get they far. should tell us, you know, what they want us to do. Like, step one, what, Use a net. Like, find a... Oh, okay, if we can find a net. Maybe we can find, like, a cardboard box, but, I mean, would that do 65 it? 65 mean, centimeters you know, long. I don't know. Would um, it be heavy? I can carry it. Ooh, would it bite me? No, they said they can't See? hurt humans. That's what they say. Mm, so, but they were, um, they're probably scared of humans, They too. eat ants. They're not going to... So. They might lick you or something. I don't know. I think they use their <laughs> tongue. Um, to prevent further escapes... Uh, the zoo that sounds has, gross. The zoo has a. Uh, I don't want it to lick me. <laughs> the zoo has increased security around the perimeter of its tropical rainforest area. They've gotten rid of floating wood from water crossings that, for some reason, they think might be used as sort of a springboard, I guess, huh. over the electric fence. Um, and they're considering improving outdoor spaces for colored anteaters. A bit late. A bit late. Um, it, very late. Um, <laughs> I, it, it sounds like a very smart anteater. Well, no, animals. You know? So I don't know much about anteaters, but animals in general, you have to be very careful. Um, I have a rabbit at home, and I've been on a wild bunny chase. <laughs> <laughs> also in the middle of the night, uh, yeah, I woke really? up to go to the bathroom and uh -huh. just went in to check like you do with a baby and uh, wasn't in the cage. Uh, he jumped on, he'd gotten out and... Uh, We've since reinforced it with like bricks and things to oh, weigh down the oh, edges, but okay. uh, yeah, it was Dora the Explorer in the middle of the night. So huh. I, yeah, I can see how animals they do these things. They don't like to sleep if, at night. Uh, if they don't explore, well, it does depends on what kind of animal. But generally, if they don't want to be in an enclosed space, even if there's an electric fence, they'll find a way out. So that's you it. Be... The mother doesn't want its baby to be in an enclosed they, they space. They got the baby back though. They, they got, got a baby, the baby back, back, but not the mother, you're saying. So the mother kept wanting to who knows where. Oh. And I guess it lost the baby at some point along the way because she wasn't there when they found the baby. Uh-huh. So, oh. um, yeah. Oh, uh, the baby needs you, so. Well, the baby, well. Like, as if you can hear me. <laughs> Get home. Google Translate has gotten really good. I mean, they can uh, translate with a great deal of accuracy, I've found, for some things. If it's not too slangy or colloquial. Yeah, it's okay. It's, it's okay. It can be. It depends on the language combination and mm -hmm. things like that. But there are things, and I think uh, food is especially one of them, where you definitely don't, you want to have a second source before you put anything out there. Uh, here's a cautionary tale about why that might be. Uh, yeah. Okay. So Josh Ellis, who's a um, oh a photographer. Yeah. Oh, oh, you know, not you know personally, him. but oh, I know okay. of him. Okay. So he's Canadian and he's a photographer based in Taiwan. And uh, recently, he saw a storefront, and this was in Taichung, I think. Yeah. Oh, no, Taitung, southern Taiwan, when he was traveling, and he found this really interesting uh, translation for a, a Canadian dish. Poutine. It's poutine. Fries. Yeah, that's very Canadian. It's a Canadian delight made of French fries topped with brown gravy. And I think some cheese cubes or something. It's Yeah, yeah there's anyway. cheese involved. Sounds there's good. There's different recipes. I've right. had it served different ways. Actually, I've never, I never had poutine till I came to Taiwan. That's funny enough. I've been to Canada like <laughs> really? three times. I never had it there. Oh, how about that? Anyway, now the Chinese translation that he saw for poutine fries was um, poutine... That's the same two characters used for naming the Russian president, Not, Vladimir yeah, Putin. Very different, <laughs> very different. So, 
all the Canadian, you know, um, expats in Taiwan are thinking like, they're confused. They're thinking like, what's this Putin fries got to do with the Russian president? It doesn't. The sound, the sound the, is similar. The, yeah. They just use the same characters. Right. Um, so. <laughs> well, it's. No, they they probably put that in a uh, Google Translate, and that's what came out instead of poutine. Exactly. So it's like you know, because Google Translate kind of evaluates what kind of I don't know how it does it, but like what, it kind of sounds like sounds like uh, yeah. Chinese doesn't have an alphabet, obviously. So when you write no. things in characters, you often choose ones that have a s- vaguely similar sound. Well, uh, it might be obvious that the store uh, the, the sh- store owner doesn't know English, so you know he used Google Translate, oh, or yeah. he does know English. He purposely. Why would they do that, though? No, I guess he wouldn't, right? That's okay. Not... Now somebody else was saying that he could have used pudding. That's true. Uh, pudding, uh, sushi, fries. But who would but have pudding in fries? Well, see, no, that, I would see, not put that as a Taiwanese shop owner. They'd rather not use pudding. They'd rather use Putin, <laughs> so as in the Russian president. I actually would not put it past fries. a Taiwanese snack shop owner to try. Mixing fries and pudding—it sounds like something that right, would happen. You yeah, you don't want pudding, so you um, know. Although it sounds similar, right? And they could have used those two characters for pudding, but they didn't. My favorite Google Translate fail that I've seen here um, was exploding chicken. Oh, 爆炸鸡. what was it? About the Chinese was literally—I mean, exploding fried chicken. But uh, I guess yeah. Google had told them that it was ex- exploding chicken. Exploding I was like, chicken. Uh, be you get a chicken that. explodes in your mouth. Now, actually, there. Um, then some foreigners pointed out about another Google Translate that really, you know, lost got lost in translation, and it was someone who sells this um, pork chop lunchbox. Mm-hmm. But if you say it in Taiwanese, it's like um, uh, right in Taiwanese. So, oh wait, no, by uh, by by good. That's it. Pork chop in Taiwanese is bai good. Mm-hmm. So it's bai good bentong, bai good, like pork chop lunchbox. Well, he, he translated into goodbye bye, B Y E, good, as in like, you know, good, and bentong. So it's bai good bentong. Well, <laughs> bye, <laughs> Mr. Good, or mm. something. Anyway. According to a new poll, 95% of Taiwanese people, and these are mostly uh, young to middle-aged workers, it looks like, um, 20 and older, um, ha- would like to be, you know, owning owners of their own business. Um, and it's not for the reasons that, well, one of them was, but mostly not for the reasons that I'd imagined. Um, a-, a lot of it seems to have to do with concerns about possible furloughs, being yeah. laid off. COVID-19 hasn't hit us a, like health-wise so badly as it has in other countries. We don't really have any any spread at all at the moment. Right. Uh, but I think the economic fallout, I mean, we are an export-dependent exactly. nation. And uh, so people are concerned about that. Also gloomy pay, which mm-hmm. is... But that's not that was before the epidemic, too. I think a lot of people were... Well, I suppose. I've got a couple of friends who's actually... Um, December 31st is probably her last day of work. Uh-oh. Yeah. They're going to be an entrepreneur? No. No, she, oh, well, actually, she might. She's thinking about maybe oh, so doing she's something been laid with her off? sister. Yeah, she will be laid oh. off December after December thirty first. So, you know, so there, there are in addition to push factors, there are pull factors among. Uh, looks like more middle aged workers, entrepreneurship itself is appealing, while younger people seem to just be interested in be able to, being able to make more money. 
Um, mm. This poll, by the way, I should have mentioned it. Um, this already was done by online job bank Yes123, which is one of the major online search uh, websites used here in Taiwan. And it was done on Thursday, October 15th. What's interesting is that this is the highest number of people who would, who would ideally like to start their own business in nine years. I guess they've been doing this survey regularly. Okay. Um, not right away, in nine years. Well, no, I no, guess no, you need in, some... No, 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 not in nine years. In the nine years they've been doing this survey. They've been oh. doing it for probably... Oh, wow. Okay. So they Even count... Before they the... take the pulse of the nation every so often. Uh -huh. In the past nine years, it's never been this high. Right. Um, and I'm it's not says, surprised. But, but so here's the thing, though. Firstly, only 34% of those polled actually have tried or oh, okay. probably will. Yeah. And these are people who have some money saved up. They've invested on average at least 30,000 US dollars or so oh, wow. into their project, uh, which for Taiwan is a significant amount. That's 880,000 NT dollars. Um, but the thing is that what most people would like to do are the exact types of shops that I've, as far as I can tell, fail the most often. <laughs> coffee shops. Yes. Yeah. Um, Everybody's opening shops. up coffee Everybody. shops There's everywhere. too many of them. Yeah. There are two or three new ones just near where I am. And everything else, no, they're oh. open. <laughs> okay. But that's as, here's the other thing, bakeries and patisseries, that's as three of those went under in the last few months. Mm. They never stay around for long. There's like, uh, other ones are just general eateries. Uh, we've lost a whole bunch of those. I think our area is just bad for business. But, yeah. Uh, not a good location. But also there's enterprises related to art, design, and culture or clothes and accessories. Again, these small shops never stick around for too long. The rent is just really high. Yeah, rent is high. And competition horrendous. also. Um, right. The job bank doesn't mention rent. Uh, in Taipei, it's probably prohibitive. Mm -hmm. uh, you can get started, but there's no guarantee of success. Um, yeah, a spokesperson for this job bank said the competitive marker, market may see players failing in the end. Um, I'm not quite sure how represent representative this is this survey was it only had about uh 1200 samples or respondents but uh it's kind of alarming that in nine years people are just really not happy with their work situation and afraid of the future i guess is what that says yeah um everybody wants to be their own boss that's just the easier way to go yeah well know? it sounds easier it sounds easier. the thing is that it's, it's all your responsibility afterwards it's well, pretty I mean, tough people don't often know what they're getting into yeah so. it can be a toll on your health too um so Best to think twice about it. Well, surely it just occurs to me, it's been almost um, a year since your daughter's wedding, which is actually my first wedding that I You're ever attended remembered. in Taiwan. Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, right. October 26th. What, what reminded me of it was this story that I have about weddings. Mm -hmm. um, COVID-19 and all the chaos and uncertainty that that uh, brought with it led to people holding off on getting married. Now mm. that things are under control again here in Taiwan, at least, there's a rush to get married, especially before the end of the year, because people are thinking, well, it's okay now, but who knows what next year might bring. Right. Um, you know, I guess there's, they're just feeling that 2020 was bad enough. Who knows what's around the corner? <laughs> um, so uh, they're even taken because weddings are often done on weekends or on days that are considered especially lucky, according to the traditional calendar. And people are not really so concerned about that at this point. Oh, yeah, I know. Really? Why even bother? Um, yeah. So weekday evenings, those are gone pretty much five, according to five star hotel operators here. I don't know what four and three. Star, I guess they don't do weddings. Um, right. All those fancy places are booked up and people are coming in on weekdays and even after work 
as late as 7.30 p.m. Really? Like they're coming straight from work as well. Wow. <laughs> There's no other spots open. Um, it's your weekend. The L'Hotel de Chine group, which is, they have a lot of, I think, uh, high-end. Oh, yes. Um, sort of resorts. Uh, they say weekdays, weekends, it doesn't matter. For the rest of the year, they're being filled up quickly. And the number of the fourth quarter has actually increased from the same period last year, especially for bookings between Mondays and Thursdays. <laughs> Regent Taipei says that the pandemic hasn't affected business at all. They have exactly as many customers as they had during the second half of the year as they did during the second half last year. Wow, um, good for them. And uh, yeah, basically, it's pretty much booked there for the whole second half of the year, too. And they're already getting a number of reservations into the middle of next year. Again, People aren't being picky. Weekdays, weekends, it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, and uh, so, yeah, uh, Grand Hyatt says that, and here in Taipei says that many couples are worried about uncertainty in 2021 and figure better, might as well do it now while the yeah. good, while we still kind of have things under control. Mm. And things are probably and cheaper. Again, people are being a bit, I think, well, I don't know. Um, if you're mm. going to have a wedding there, you're probably going to, it's probably going to, I mean, you're spending that kind of money. You might as well go big. But um, <laughs> people there are saying, for the most part, they only want 20 or fewer tables. Now, how many were at your daughter's wedding? I, it was enormous. 30. Yeah, most people, 30. most people are, they realize that time's tight, right. spots are limited, people on such short, short notice might not be able to make it. So they're just, okay, let's just do it the easy the, way. Yeah, Smaller rooms easy. are probably easier to get. Um, yes. I don't know. But um, yeah, uh, again, their wedding venue is also almost completely booked for more popular days and weekday slots are going fast. So you... Should be very happy that your daughter decided to do. Oh, she's very happy that last she year did it. Yeah, and not before, now. I know. We had no idea. We had no, no idea, idea what was coming our way, man. Really? So uh, yeah, uh, it's wedding bells are ringing. Uh, <laughs> it's probably so so much so that it's hard to keep the the clanging out of your ears. Speaking of your daughters, one of them is a nurse. Is that right? Yeah. Well, she's doing. Yeah. When you're going to nursing, she's, she's though, nurse. mm -hmm. gardening usually isn't one of the things you study. No, you wouldn't. In think. preparation, but uh, it's come in handy. Well, I guess they might have had to learn on the job for this these this particular group of nurses. Right, and and she even really knows what she's talking about. Okay, so um, you know, Taiwan. Uh, I think uh, in history. Um, we've kind of increased in the number of dengue fever cases. And so for that matter, um, um, well, people are concerned. Now, the thing was, of course, this nurse uh, who actually visits these old people's homes, you know, who live alone and that, um, and check up on their health and other kind of stuff. They, on their they, personal homes, not senior personal homes. homes. Personal okay. homes. Yeah. Personal not retirement homes. homes. No. Okay. And then she realized that, you know, about 50 to 60% of uh, the patients that she visits, um, they actually starting to grow their own vegetables. You know, they, they keep some plants and flowers, that especially vegetables. And they, but the thing is that, um, yeah, it's all fine. I mean, a lot of people are like, you know, growing their own. It's really fat, easy mm -hmm. and, you know, and, and healthy. But the thing is that the these people, they're not taking good care of their vegetable gardens. Like, for example, there's this uh, old couple, you know, the, the wife is really having a lot of fun. It's like her hobby, you know, like right. cultivating this um, vegetable garden. But then 
the nurse, you know, she got sharp eyes. She realized that, you know, there were like some retained water, like in the container. That's dengue and, fever central. Yeah, You've got exactly. mosquitoes in there. You know, and then she, at another uh, old person's home, she saw how there's some moss at the bottom of the water tank, you know, that's holding the plant or whatever. And so she's... Algae. She's, so that's, yeah, again, you don't want the algae, you know. You're going to get mosquitoes. So basically, exactly. it sounds and like, so, is it, so like the... um. Is she afraid that that they're gonna have mosquitoes and get bit and get dengue fever while they're gardening? Exactly. Well, not only that. Let's say that there are some other old. Maybe it's like a, a old people's home community, mm-hmm. and then there are others who are not growing plants, but then they're often bedridden. And the thing is that let's say the next door is growing some plants and vegetables, and then there's you know mosquitoes infesting and everything. Standing water. And yeah, stale water. And then the one that's bedridden gets bitten. But the mm. thing is that they can't communicate because they're, you know, they're, you know, they're sick and everything. And it, it takes for a nurse or someone who's like a caregiver to notice something, then, you know, take them to the hospital. Right. So, you know, to prevent those kind of problems. Now, this particular nurse, and well, at the, you know, uh, other nurses have also, you know, um, discovered the same thing. They really are, I think they do have a green thumb, too, because she's saying that you have to follow the four rules. So she'll teach them. She'll clean them up for them, and then she'll teach them. Now, you've got to be aware, you've got the first survey. And survey, that means like making sure that there are no bugs, you know, you know, mosquitoes around. And then you're supposed to pour. That means pouring out any retaining, you know, you know, like still water in the containers or anywhere. And then clean and then scrub down on the container that had the, you know, the water and all that kind of stuff. The four steps, she would teach them all. Does that form some kind of acronym that we can make it easier to remember <laughs> with? I don't know. I don't know. Some creative it's, soul out there can do that. It's, it's in Chinese, but, okay. you know, yeah, I don't know about the English. So, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, gosh, these nurse practitioners, they're, 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 they got to be, uh, besides, you know, really well acknowledged in their, in their expertise, they have to start learning about these things and teaching these old people. Who knows what would be the next thing that they have to teach these old people, right? You know, know that I they think, have to watch out for. I don't know. I, mean, I do know that it's mostly in sort of the because most people's vegetable plots we don't really have yards at, the, at least not in the cities. Um, so most people will go to the mountains or somewhere where mosquitoes are likely to be. Well, well not, anyway. Well, yeah, but not these old people. They just you know they use they find these like thrown away foam boxes mm-hmm. and they just grow vegetables or flowers or whatever. You know, just in these foams. Okay. And but then they can collect water, but oh. they need to know better about you know pouring out the water and that kind of stuff. Maybe when they're like watering the vegetables, you know, water gets you know, um, pour, you know, gets uh, runs into the foam container and they don't notice, and then that's where you know possibly bugs and mosquitoes can infest and all that kind of stuff. So not fun. They're 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 getting some lessons <laughs> <laughs> on this. Before we go today, we've got a heartwarming story about a stray dog that was taken in by a single mother. Yes. Now, um, actually, John, I'm finding a missing second page to my story here. Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> I don't mean to Live radio, folks. This is okay. Oh, I do have it. Okay. She does have it. I'm coming back. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, uh, this uh, happened in in, let's see, in Taizong, central Taiwan. And there's a single mom who took in a, a dog, a stray dog with four puppies. Mm-hmm. 
And um, she's actually had them for 12 years. And the thing is that, uh, you know, recently, the last month, actually, she noticed that there was some kind of swelling in the mother dog's abdomen. Oh. And so she had it checked out and realized that, you know, she's got a, the, the mother dog's got a 25 centimeter tumor in her spleen. Oh, yikes. And um, so the vet says that it needs a surgery, and but it also needs blood transfusion. Oh, yikes. So it's going to cost like, um, what is it now, $1,700, US dollars, which the single mother couldn't afford. Mm. So she talked to uh, Animal Rescue Team Taiwan, and they said, no problem, we're going to pay for it all. That's so, so sweet. Yeah, and they found a perfect blood match in one of the four daughters that I, the mother has. I the didn't know dog they has. had a dog blood bag. I guess if, I guess if the they have daughters to test that are living with them that makes sense but right yeah oh my so that's good news. so all is good that ends well so the donor is very co- cooperative the you know the daughter dog mm-hmm. and the older dog when you said have a textbook recovery does that mean like a fast recovery uh that means classic okay classic all right recovery. well that does it for today's edition of here in taiwan i'm john van trieste and i'm shirley then see you guys bye Welcome to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. Here's going into the fourth episode of talking about my trip around Taiwan Island, which was kind of unplanned. It was originally a three-day family trip with my daughter, Clarita, and her husband, Vic, her in-laws, and her sister-in-law. But then the in-laws on the last moment wanted to visit their son in Pingtung, like way down south. So then my hubby, Big John, and I asked if they wanted us to go along. They said, yes, that would be great. So a three-day trip became a seven-day trip. It was awesome. Nothing felt more exciting than planning a trip one day at a time. Here's the song, 你兴奋了吗? Are you excited? Oh, it's just an exciting trip. And this is from Chen Shanyi. i 
Myself, you know, playing this song and uh, on the trip, you know, in the car and looking out the window and watching the scenery pass me by. You know, it's that kind of song, isn't it? Anyway, Chen Sanni, Sandy Chan, she's an incredible singer and a very creative songwriter for sure. So anyway, after three days in Yilan, which is like you know just south of Taipei City, an hour drive away, very very convenient. We headed for Huarian, the five of us, because Clarita and her husband Vic they headed back to Taipei from Yilan. You know,、um, they got previous commitments, so they had to go back.、Um, but the the other five of us, we stayed two nights in Huarian、um, because Clarita's father-in-law Jianzi loved the bed at the、uh, B and B that we stayed at so much that we decided. Well, he said, "Let's stay another night." So we did. And、uh, on that one full day we had in Huarian, we went to visit the Suilian Cave Waterfall at the famous Taroko Gorge.、Um, Jianzi reminded Big John and I to wear slippers, not sneakers. Good thing that I brought I brought a pair. So,、um, so there was a trail that you had to take before getting to the waterfall. We had to pass through eight pitch dark tunnels along the trail. I mean, we're talking about hiking, right? On foot, on foot. And I mean, really pitch dark in these tunnels. We had to use our mobile phones' flashlight to lit the way. You know, it was a long walk and tiring because I mean, walking on rocky trail in my slippers—it's kind of hard. You know, flip flops. But anyway,、um, it was good for us. Just thinking about the good exercise, all in one day for sure. I mean, that's enough more more than enough exercise for a day. Now, Big John—he vlogged the whole thing. You know, of course, you know he's great at that. He loves that. But he also brought a lot of gadgets with him. One was a GoPro, and he gave that to Meg,、um, Clarita's mother-in-law, to videotape every, everything that she wanted.、Um, we learned that she's great at narrating and videotaping everything.、Um, she was just having a great time, and she did a great job, especially the narrating part. And she devised a creative way to end a take. She would flash her hand in front of the lens to sign off. You know, nobody taught her anything, but she was definitely having fun. And that's this song. 还能好好玩耍吗 
Uh, can we still have fun? This is by Huang Yali. Okay, so we got to the entrance of the cave,、uh, to the waterfall. There were tons of people taking off their shoes and drying themselves, you know. And good thing that we got our slippers, right? It was interesting because along the way, some people who had already gone into the cave and seen the waterfall and were on their way back gave up their disposable raincoats for us. So we put them on and started walking into the cave. There was only a narrow, bumpy path on the right side of the cave to walk along. 
I was so afraid of slipping and falling. And meanwhile, there would be people on their way out, and you had to try to make room for them to pass you along the same narrow path. So I was a little uptight, you know. When we reached the supposedly waterfall part of the cave, it was nothing like what I saw at the end of the trail, where I saw a picture of this awesome waterfall, you know, inside a cave. It was not a waterfall to me. It was more like water hoses of water coming down, not cascading kind of waterfall, you know. So I was disappointed. But Jianzi,、uh, Meg, and their daughter Li Yu, they stepped into the center part of the cave that that's like flowing with water. You know, it's like a river. And 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 then they asked John to take picture of them in the water, you know, under the waterfalls, you know, quote unquote, supposedly waterfall, and in their flimsy yellow raincoats, you know, these throwaway, really thin kind of、um, yellow raincoats. They they were really having fun. They they seemed they were had big smiles on their faces, and they seemed like really thrilled. But I was not. You know, they asked if we wanted to step into the water and take pictures for us. We said nah. I was afraid to slip on the rocks in the water in my flimsy slippers, you know. So, so、um, we turned around and headed back out of the cave, and that was that. It was then that Meg said that it was a lot of fun because the water was icy cold. She said that when she got out the、uh, the cave, she, she her feet were still feeling numb from the cold water, the, the freezing water. And Tianzi said that there's no moss, no algae on the rocks, so they weren't slippery. I was thinking, if only I had known. If only I had known, I would have gone into the water, stepped into the water, maybe. Anyway, so I was disappointed with the waterfall, but it was all worth the exercise. You know, the walking, the hiking, and and the scenery. You know, because we had to walk through this long tunnel, cut in the mountains, and then cross the bridge to get to the other side of the gorge. So it was just beautiful scenery, and the weather was beautiful, gorgeous. Still, I think it was one of the most crazy trips I've ever made in my life. So here's the song, 曾经疯狂 Once crazy, by 灭火器 Fire X, as in fire extinguisher. Yep, that's the name of the band. All right, get this: transportation officials in Taiwan recently announced that a planned light rail system for the northern city of Jilong is going to be connected to the MRT system in Taipei. The MRT system began construction in 1988, and it opened its first line in 1996. Now there was only one line; it's the Taipei Zoo line.、Yes. How many stations opened in 1996? Okay.、Um, one, two, seven, three, four, five,、oh, six,、wow. seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, <laughs> Andrew, coming up with the、uh, the mental picture. Let's take a look at the answer. Oof, wow! Just a couple. So there were twelve stations. I just felt like、stations. it was really short. I, I remember it went from the zoo to Zhongshan Guozhong. That's right.、You、went to the zoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it, it went to the zoo and、um, it was called Taipei Zoo Line. The name、ah, changed, right? Zhongshan Line, right? Yeah, it expanded and、um, fast forward twenty two years later to today, guys. How many stations are there today?、This、I'm talking physical stations. That you can enter and it's all connected to the same system. You need the MRT line all、mm-hmm. together. Can I ask a question? Yes. Does this include? Does this include the Danshui line? This includes yeah, the Danshui line. Does、Everything. it include the airport line? It includes the, the airport、count. line. Okay, we'll、does、take it forever. Does it include the <laughs> the、uh, gondolas, the Ma, the Malcolm gondolas? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna say a hundred. I'm gonna say a hundred and twenty-eight. A hundred and twenty-eight. All right. So just to give you an effect, <laughs> I'm gonna show you the first picture. Really quickly, right here. Okay, and now I'm going to show you the next picture. 
which is just going to go bam and show you the expansion over the 22 years. Oh, 146. Wow. 146 stations. Now, there are a few technicalities here. As Andrew said, you have to include the airport line, which is actually part of the Taoyuan metro system. However, I included it because it's very accessible from Taipei. Also, if you ask the Taipei Rapid Transit Corporation how many stations there are, they'll actually tell you 131 because they don't count the, uh, the airport line, but they do count some stations twice. But we don't do that. They count it twice. <laughs> you know why? Because they cross different lines. Yeah, because they're transfer stations. Oh, right, right. that's not. But I'm right. looking at physical stations. Mm -hmm. You see, they're just padding their numbers at that point. This is your number, right? This is my number, or right. this is the the real number. This is the number of stations that um that you can just walk into. So you had to count this? No, 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 no. It's not okay. that hard to count. Statistics are. It is because if you count by line by line, you have to remember not to count stations twice. There's sure. at least like 15 transfer stations. That's right. So just how many dots there are and how many do they uh, yes. happen once. Now, the next question, I'm going to look at the future of the MRT system. There's a lot being constructed. There's a lot being planned. In an ideal world, if the MRT system, the corporation, gets its way, how many stations are they going to uh, erect? Oh, my goodness. So this includes the whole circular line. Yes. The circular line is only partially built, plus additional lines. Plus additional I'll lines. I'll say 300. Ooh, that's a big number. I'm going to say, I'll say 200. 200? Yeah. Wow. wow. That's exciting. So 286 many stations. Did you see how that that's number great. just blew up? Nellie, you were so close with that. 300? Yeah, I figured why not double, right? <laughs> close to 300 stations, 286. That's, uh, that includes light rail lines, and it also, again, it includes the airport MRT line. What's crazy is that uh, because the Taoyuan uh, MRT line is also under construction, so not only are you going to connect Taoyuan to Taipei to Jilong. Whoa. Yeah, so like you can go from, I guess, almost middle tai Taiwan to, to the northern point. Can I just jump in there, though? Mm -hmm. like, but go, going by MRT or metro from like... Taoyuan to Jilong would probably take you like three hours, right? It's exhausting. You'd be, you'd be better off just getting on the high-speed rail and then transferring. Probably. Yeah. And here's the kicker. Those 286 stations do not include the Jilong light rail that has just been added to the greater MRT map. So it's going to be more than that. Crazy. So I hope today was just a few maps, but I hope the impact was there and you learned a little something. Mass transportation is no joke, you guys. That was the brain game for today. Wow, I only have six minutes left to talk about the rest. Let's see. Then we say goodbye to Hualien and head for Taitung, the next county over, uh, going south. On the way, Jianzi found this really interesting place for lunch. It's like a mom-and-pop's restaurant with no menu, or should I say, you eat whatever they cook for you that day. You had to call to make a reservation. It was tucked in a place not easy to find, a standalone old house by a river overlooking mountains in the distance. It was one of those old, small houses with wooden ceilings on the inside of slanted roof and wooden walls, and the inside was kind of dim with about four or five tables only, or maybe five or six. On the walls were all sorts of memorabilia from the old days. There were lights hanging from ceilings with uh, Hakka-style pink and blue flower print coverings, all sorts of old photos and posters on the walls, and old wooden tables and stools and cabinets, and there was an old clock on the wall. Anyway, the food is what was amazing. For a starter, there was a salad with a small amount of alfalfa, a single pickled roselle petal on top, and some dressing and mayo, and you were supposed to eat that in one mouthful. It was refreshing and 
Yeah, it was really good. To my surprise, something as simple as that was just a delight. Then there were stewed chunks of pig's knuckle. Yum, yum. And then a whole fish with sweet and sour sauce with pickled roselle petals on, on, on top. I mean, I've never imagined, you know, roselle petals used in dish, you know, a savory dish. Anyway, next was a cold dish with crispy pig skins. Not deep fried, but just chewy you know, whitish translucent pig skins, but amazingly delicious, mixed in with onion juliennes and a sauce. Then there was also a pan-fried um, egg pancake filled with ginger lily, which gave it a very delightful taste. Very unusual, but yummy. Also, there was a stir-fried cabbage dish and then a chicken soup. So five dishes in one soup. And it was just very satisfying. I'm getting hungry. But um, I'll tell more about the rest of my trip next week. So thank you so much for joining me on Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and here is 美味关系 by Lin Yifeng. 美味 means um, fine dining relationship. I don't know. Why is love? 
Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.